I'm glad to be back in Missouri again. Been gone for the past three months. Um, so what I have to share this morning, I just want to tell a little bit of what I've been doing the last three months. Um, feels kind of scattered, so bear with me. Um, so first of all, I was for the last three months I've been gone on Sent One. You all know that. I think most of you all pretty know, probably know what Sent One is. It's pretty much a mission-focused Bible school in some ways. Um, have a lot of studying and then we would like study a topic and then we'd like do hands-on like activities to like exercise what we learned. For example, we like study contextualization, we study culture, we studied um, church planting strategies even. And then we went out to the village. That's actually one of my favorite parts. One of my, one of my highlights was going to the villages. Um, and then we like put to use what we learned. Um, I think I learned more about culture actually in the villages, especially for the first time. Well, the first time I went to the village, it was, we paired up in pairs of two. So it was me and Caleb Waldner. Um, probably nobody really knows him. Um, we were paired up to go to the village and we were just dropped off in a random village. So, it was, yeah, a little nervous. I was a little nervous. Um, so we were, took a Moto King. It was about an hour away from Daniel Christie's. And we were just dropped off outside the village ways. It was, yeah, it was a ways in the bush, whatever. And then we had just walk in. We just walked in, had a basket um, to gift the chief. And we were supposed to gift the chief, and then he would give us a place to stay. <laughs> and so we walked into the village. First of all, we met two. We met some. We're coming to the village. We came to the first compound we came to. There's some women out there. Nobody knew English. We just walked around, just greeting everybody in English, um, trying to find somebody that knew English. And so, yeah. The first woman we met, they, they, we asked for the chief and all. They didn't really know English. They kind of got the gist. They brought us to this old guy. He was this really old guy. I mean, his oldest guy in the village, probably. And so we didn't know, was this the chief? Was this not the chief? Was this again the gift? And so he, he knew very little English. So we tried communicating with him. Um, he was very slow with his speech. He, was, he talked very slowly. He didn't, have, he didn't know very good English, but he knew English. And yeah, it played out. He wasn't the chief. Well, first, actually, he brought us to, he, he just motioned for us to follow him. So we followed him over to this um, shade place, the African shade places. You gotta love them. Um, <laughs> it's, just, it's just a canopy, usually just brush over top of it for shade, and then just wooden slats. That's what, that's what the guys sprawl out on all day when they're not working. So he brought us to the shade place, and they had like a big council. People started gathering. There's lots of little kids come around looking at us. Nobody knew English. I mean, we just, we just came out of nowhere. We were two white guys, two aliens, just dropped into this village. <laughs> so yeah, they were probably as amused as we were. Um, so some things that impressed me with that first village, oh, the, yeah, the, the chief. We actually did, the chief wasn't in the village at the time. He was in Tomley. He actually lived in Tomley. The chief did most of the time. But we actually ended up staying at his hut. His two wives were there. They practiced polygamy, unfortunately. His two wives were there, and his son was there. And his son knew English. And so that was kind of our guide. We, like, hung with his son for the four days we were there. He kind of showed us all around the village, showed us farms. And, yeah. Um... So some things that really struck me at the first village we were at was the lack of education. There was lots of kids. There's probably about as many kids as are here, the same ages, little black, little black kids. 
And, the, and none of them, I mean, they would have loved to learn. I mean, some of them, they like wanted us to teach them the ABCs. We sat down and we wrote ABCs in the dirt and tried to do the ABCs with them. They just laughed at us. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's one thing that struck me. There's a great need in that village is education. Well, first of all, the gospel. Um, the village was mostly Muslim or also folk Muslim, which would be Muslim cross traditionalists, which where they'd still be in the traditionalists to do, like, do the traditions of their fathers, their witch doctors, and the elements in the earth that they worship and all. So it's mostly Muslim folk Muslim. So the gospel was the first need there. Second was education. All these little children, they would have been eager to learn, but there was no school there. And the third was medical situation. There was one guy we met, um, I forget his name, but he actually knew some English too. And we talked to him. He had a broken leg. It was broken for like five months. After five months, your leg should be healed if it's broken. But it was—it looked raw and nasty. My guessing is it wasn't set in straight again. And like it was just one of those things that would take a doctor to set it straight and some simple medications. Yeah. This is also one thing that's very sad. There was, we got to witness this old guy. He was—he was sick. I mean, he was—he was, I think, going blind. I, forget, I don't know what all his ailments were. His legs were going out or something. And he was—he was so empty and hopeless. Um. And, yeah, he, he was sick. And so he had the two imams, the Muslim imams. They were there, and they were, we, we, we were walking through the village one day, and we seen a gathering in this one compound, so we kind of just wandered in there. And these two Muslim imams were in there, and they were, they were praying. They were, they were praying, doing their things or whatever, the oh, water, whatever their, all the traditions are. And they are praying for him, to, that he had, like, for healing and all. And then when they're all done, they collected their coins, their CDs, and their chicken. They got chicken for it. And I left. I mean, for them, it's just make money or whatever. So it's very sad. And like the old guy is like so hopeless, so empty. And he was old. So I mean, it's natural. I mean, the old, the old will die. But yeah, there's a lot of need for the gospel there. Um, so that's definitely my highlight, the villages. That's the first village we went to. The second village that we ended up going to um, was a Christian village. Daniel arranged this one so we weren't just dropped out of nowhere, which probably helped the element some. <laughs> they expected us to be coming. And yeah, that was, that was probably my favorite one, going to that village. Um, we were paired up again. Those guys were dropped off in these villages. These were villages that Daniel would have planted church in probably 15, 20 years ago. It would have been what he first did when he went to Africa there in Ghana. It'd be among the Kakombas. I think Jeremy, you'd have been up there, probably, son. Um, so we went to these villages, and we were paired up with each of us guys. We were paired up with a translator, and we got the village, and we were paired up with the translator, and we were there for I think four days. Yeah, we were there over the weekend, four or five days. And in the evenings, we would travel out into surrounding villages. Um, most of them already had small CBC churches, charity Bible churches would be the churches Daniel planted. And we would we'd get to like share and preach with them. And they were very hospitable. <laughs> Everywhere we went, they always killed a chicken for us and gave us malts to drink, which would be like their soda or whatever. <laughs> and they don't usually eat meat, so the way they treat their guests, it's something we can learn from them. Um, so that's definitely a highlight, traveling in the evenings. Usually we'd leave like a five or something and show up in the village. One time we showed up without even calling him, couldn't get hold of him, the village, village or whatever. So we just showed up and yeah, of course they were happy to have us there. Of course they needed to have a sermon, so have a service that evening. And so usually we show up like a five and then 
eat there and usually the service didn't start till nine and there's a couple times it didn't get back to like midnight. So that's definitely a highlight. It was a full moon, traveling down the African trails, either pedaling bike or on the back of a moto. Um, that's definitely a highlight for me. And it was great. That's one thing that really, really impressed me. The difference between the first village we went to and the second village we went to. The second village that had the gospel that was reached. Um, the joy, the joy, that, the happiness that was there. Like the kids were smiling. Life was just better all around, in my opinion. Like people, they weren't as dirty. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they were more cleaned up. They cared more about themselves, it seemed like. Um, the way the husband treated the wives in the first village, they're all polygamists, pretty much. It's just African, that's what they do. Um, but in the second village, all had one wife. Or, yeah, Christians did. So it was, it was great to see how, like, they treated, how, they, how they treated their wives and how that was so much improved over the previous village. Yeah, and just also the quality of life. And, um, the other thing that impressed me is we shared nothing in common. We were American young people from America. We're used to the American, American lifestyle, our rich living, our options of food, options of clothing, everything that we have here in America. And they, were, they lived very simple lives. Their lives, they farmed and pretty much ate what they grew, maybe did a little bit of something on the side, and to get, like, buy stuff from the market or else trade it. I'm not sure exactly how they did that. But yeah, they're farmers. Pretty much just ate what they grew. Lived very simply. Um, that's one thing, that re- one thing that really impressed me is how even when you have nothing in common, we had almost nothing in common. Simply having Jesus in common or the gospel, right? We're both Christians. Having Christianity as a common ground. How much you have to talk about and discuss. Um... We didn't have a lot of boring moments there. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> a lot of, we had a lot of fun there discussing with, with um, Pastor, Pastor Abraham, was the fellow we stayed with. Um, just, just, just talking with him. He showed us his farms. Had a lot of fun there. Um, the first village we went to, we had, um, both me and Caleb, we think we kind of got a little homesick in that village. Everything was so strange. Only one English speaker. And, yeah, so much time to do nothing. Nobody really knew. So we try talking to the one fellow, one some, but you can't talk to the same fellow the whole time. And yeah, had a lot of hours we were just sitting there. A lot of, yeah, it got got pretty boring. And it's a good time to read your Bible or pray or something. Okay. So those are two of my highlights. The village is definitely highlights. Um, and then the other ministries we did, we did. We studied Islam and then got to go to the streets of Tomali for a week every afternoon, make some Muslim friends. Um, me and Ernest, we were paired together. We got to make friends with an imam. Um, <laughs> he showed us around to, um, his, like, he showed us his mosque. He tried to convince us of Muslim. I mean, he was a ed- very educated guy. He knew Arabic and he was very grounded in what he believed and he knew, he knew his Muslim stuff well and he knew his arguments against Christians one of the big things to pull out is the Trinity um, how God or Allah, he's one, he can't be three that can't be true but we had some good discussions with him, it was good <laughs> we're both convinced in what we believed in, we weren't able to convince each other otherwise, but hopefully we planted some seeds there um, very friendly, he wanted to have us over for a meal with him um, it's African culture. 
Oh, and the food. Everybody here is bad about the food. <laughs> it seems like. Um, actually, I really enjoyed some of the food. For some of y'all that were in Africa, there's at least five or six of y'all. Um, fufu, cocoa porridge, fried rice. Those are the ones. Those are the ones I missed. <laughs> um, I could, yeah, I could have those right now. <laughs> but yeah, there's also love. The food lacks in nutrition and protein, which takes you a month to get used to. Okay, um, some of what God has taught me. Um, let's turn to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, verse 6. It says, Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the time of season which the Father has put in his own authority, but to receive the power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you should be witnesses of me in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Um, this last verse, the last verse in that passage, that portion I read, um, we should be witnesses of Jesus um, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to ends of the earth. And I like how he puts Jerusalem first there. It always starts, it always starts at home where we live, which for us is Brazil, Stover. We should be witnesses of Jesus wherever we are. It doesn't, he doesn't call everybody over the seas. He doesn't, but we should, wherever we are, we should be witnesses of him. It seems like, okay, God has, for the main part, limited himself or the spreading of the gospel to humanity. That's a big responsibility for us. Um, he has placed a lot upon us, and he's depending on us to spread the gospel. Having 2,000 years to do it, we could argue it should probably be spread by now. I mean, and it should be spread by now. Um, but it's still our responsibility today. And we need to start where we are. So, so that's one thing I took took from took from my experience here in Africa is to I want to spread the gospel where I'm at, starting in where God has placed us, and be faithful. And also. Um, I don't want to take for granted everything that we have here in America. We have so much. Um, we are very rich here in America, and God has given us a lot of re resources. It's kind of like the parable of the, the talents. I think God has given us in America, he has given us, in some ways he's given us a higher amount of talents, or like five, ta ten talents, because we have so much. We have so much financially that we could, we have so much that we could do um, we could support financially. We have so much, and we don't live under persecution, which in some ways the practice make us stronger. <laughs> but yeah, so I like to encourage everybody to let's um, be willing to spread the gospel and just serve Jesus, and let's not take for granted what we do have. Thank you for your attention. <laughs>